This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm so glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you with advice and information that empowers you to make better financial decisions in your life. It's that time of week again. It's Friday. It's time for our Clark Stink segment where you get to hear where, well, I really have been stinking it up. And later, truth is, we're all addicted to these smartphones. They're out all the time. We're not present so often. And I want to tell you the devices, the things people are doing to break the smartphone habit so that we are present in an event, not absent in that event. And that's coming up later. But right now it's time to find out how I'm really stinking. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Okay, I'm going to start out with something different today. Um, This is actually a review of the podcast from Apple Podcasts. And so it really helps us when you review the podcast, um, especially if you give us like a five-star review. (laughs) But um, that's up to you. However, I did see one person gave a great review but only left two stars. I'm not sure why. And this is another one that was two stars. Good advice but is biased. So this is a two-star review. Clark gives a lot of good advice on his podcast, and he can fill in blanks that financial education left out. However, keep in mind he is biased against U.S. citizens. He makes erroneous negative comparisons between how Americans behave financially versus the rest of the world. He doesn't consider cost of living, economies of scale, or the difference between government services like health care. I do recommend this podcast, but be prepared to be criticized heavily if you live in the U.S. Wow. Wow. Um, So I do a lot of relative comparisons of many different things. But as someone who loves this country so much and is so grateful as being from an immigrant family of the United States, that I've had the opportunity to live in this country, to live with our freedoms, and to thrive in this country. Well, I'm (laughs) to say I'm prejudiced against my fellow Americans. Wow. But there are times that our behavior and our culture is not as good with money as people in other cultures. And that's just a fact. And I point things like that out to give a different example about how we could think about how we spend money, how we save money, so we have more financial security in our own lives. But what an interesting perspective. Yeah. So if you get a chance, if you could give the Clark Howard Show a review, that would be amazing. Clark, you Wow, s- you take that personally that somebody gave us a uh, Well, it, it hurts. It hurts the ranking yeah, but, eventually but, where you I show mean, up. People are entitled to their opinions. I know, and, I know. 
and maybe I am not not worth more than two stars. All right, stars. we'll see. Clark, you stink about as much as the whipped cream can I haven't cleaned out in two months. Ooh. You have made repeated comments about how to get cheaper TV, and you always forget the cheapest option. My husband and I have totally ditched internet and just enjoy watching DVDs of TV shows that have already stopped making new seasons, borrowed from the library. All the binging options, none of the cost or commercial breaks. Granted, we couldn't care less about your beloved sports, so it works for us. But we love not shelling out anything for our favorite shows unless we decide to buy a series so we never have to wait for it to be available at the library. Judy. Judy, thank you. I love the perspective because every possible way to reduce ongoing costs in your life and you pay taxes, you have the library, you use it to get free content. That's great. And then you said, talked about the commercials. See, I respectfully disagree on that. I love fast, free ad-supported television, of which there are so many services now, because in return for your eyeballs sitting through those ads, you get all that video content for free, more than you could ever watch. I agree with your Chromebook for financial use with one potential security risk that everyone needs to be aware of. If you close your Chrome browser but do not power off or sign out of the Chromebook session, you'll be signed into LastPass the next time you open the browser. The risk is that if someone else happened to get possession of your Chromebook, they could easily open the browser and have access to all of your accounts. Larry. Larry, thank you. I don't know what it is about my Chromebook. I close it every time when I finish using it. And whenever I reopen it, I have to re-sign in. And that may be a function of the particular Chromebook I have. So I've never had to do a power off to create security with it again. And maybe that's not every Chromebook. Yeah. And that's if you had LastPass on there um, or if you didn't sign out of your accounts, I guess is what Larry For people who don't know what LastPass is, LastPass like Dashlane or like Google Password Manager or Apple has one now, Mm -hmm. I think, too. Um, It allows you to create these crazy complicated unique passwords for each website you go to and remembers them so that it makes it harder for people to break into your life even if you've been hacked. Clark you don't stink but maybe you should explain to people if you want to fund a Roth IRA for a child or grandchild in the future they can give money to them to do this purposely putting money into a 529 to only plan to use the money to transfer to a 529 to, to, uh, a, to Roth. a Roth, that's what they meant, is not worth the mental energy, time, paperwork, etc. As the saying goes, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Additionally, putting your money into your child or grandchild squeezes out money they can put into a Roth for themselves. Putting money in themselves is a great fiscal exercise that will train them to continue funding the Roth IRA every year. David. David, thank you. Okay, so the purpose of the ability now that started last month being able to take money if you meet all the check marks that's in a 529 that ended up not having to be used for college and move over time up to $35,000 tax and penalty free into a Roth IRA for the beneficiary of that 529 is the purpose, the reason Congress did this is a lot of people weren't funding 529s because they were freaked out, what if their kid doesn't go to college? What if their kid gets a full free ride to college? What if, what if, what if? So they created this safety valve with all these hoops you have to jump through um, as a way of encouraging people 
to contribute to a 529. Now, I know there's a lot in the uh, personal finance media about, hey, fund this 529 from when your kid's born, and then you'll be able to give them a $35,000 head start in young adulthood because that money will have grown over the years and you can put it in the Roth and it'll be tax and penalty free. That's only icing on a cake. The purpose of the cake is to pay for college with the 529. Clark seems to approve of account aggregators such as Mint and their coming replacements of giving your financial institution permission to green scrape your accounts to see your total assets. However, allowing this access seems to void the customer protection security guarantee at Schwab and Fidelity because you're knowingly violating their security practices by sharing account numbers and passwords. In the era of overwhelming hacks, it seems ill-advised to void this protection. And then they give an example, and that's from Lynn. Yeah, Lynn, thank you very much. And this was, this was a big issue back, I think, 2015, was when one of the big banks said they would no longer cooperate with any of the screen scraping. Use the term green scraping, which may be a newer term for it. So there was a compromise where there was a new security protocol developed where the companies did not keep on hand your username and password. They would use it for a one-time link to the brokerage house. And then after that, they would not have stored it and would not have it moving forward specifically because of what you're talking about. So as long as the company you're using for your dashboard, where you see all your assets and your liabilities, all the debts you have, all your credit cards, everything, as long as they're using the security protocol where they are not storing your username and password, you're not voiding the protections available from the brokerage or the bank. Clark stinks because we, you use the tired old buggy whip analogy to describe businesses which don't survive technological change due to short-sightedness. The whip makers were only minor players. The correct analogy is buggy manufacturers. Only one of them, Studebaker, survived the transition to automobiles. The problem happens when a company doesn't understand the business they're in. Most of the buggy makers thought they were in the buggy business. Studebaker understood they were in the transportation vehicle business, Eric. And Eric, you know the one that the business schools all study now is Kodak. Because Kodak thought they were in the film business, not the camera business, not the picture business. And one of the most successful companies in the country went extinct because They could not change with the times. A while ago, you mentioned how the quarterly tax penalty has gone up to 8% a year. This is not entirely accurate since the first two quarters are now a 7% penalty and the last two quarters are now an 8% penalty. On top of that, the penalty accrues daily from the date the payment was supposed to be made, meaning, for instance, that the last missed payment of the year will only accrue a few months worth of penalty, especially if you're like me and do your taxes in February. According to my own calculations, since I myself am an independent contractor, when all is said and done, I will only be paying 4.6% of my total taxes due, meaning it's still more lucrative to keep my money in a savings account than pay quarterly taxes. I won't claim to be a tax expert, though, so maybe I stink. Either way, I think this could have used a little more clarification. Isaac. Isaac, thank you. Uh, The point I was trying to make is that it was really easy for years and years to not pay into the IRS what you owed them 
because the penalties were so extremely low when interest rates were so low. Now interest rates are more normal historically, and the interest can hurt you more. You've done the calculations. In your case, you've come up with an effective rate of 4.6%. By your calculations as well, worth it for you to pay the 46 than to have to pay in over the course of a year. Clark, you've talked several times about how bad the notifications were in Timu when you had it installed. It's very easy to toggle off each category of notifications that you want or don't want within the settings of the app. Better yet, you can just turn off notifications permission for the app itself within Android and you'll never hear a peep from it again. The best part is that when you do the latter, they start offering you a big discount to turn it back on. When I'm ready to place an order, I take them up on the discount and turn on notifications, place the order, and then disable the notifications again. I've ordered from them a lot over the past year, and everything's been great. Sometimes I'll get a bad item, and 9 out of 10 times they'll just tell me to keep it and refund my money. I'm sure it's not worth the cost for them to have me ship it back. I've saved hundreds of dollars, if not more, ordering from Timu instead of Amazon or Walmart. It might not be perfect, but it's my go-to if I don't need something quickly. You definitely don't stink, and I've listened to you every day for so many years. I was able to retire early at age 43, five years ago, following a lot of your advice. I now can almost always predict what what advice you'll give to those who write in. Keep up the good work, and let me know when you want me to take over, Jim. Jim, Jim, this is fantastic. 43 years old. I mean, that's what uh, when the fire movement was so the big thing at one point. It was about being able to retire uh, late 40s, early 50s. You beat that retiring at 43. And what's great is is you can work if you want to instead of because you have to. That, to me, is what having that financial independence is about. It's not about uh, having a life of nothing, you know, just complete leisure from an extremely young age forward. It's about you having control. The choice is moving forward, what you do with your time, what you do with your day. On Timu, I'm so glad it's worked for you. Timu has been controversial mainly because of the fact that there's a lot of questions about where the goods are made and how the workers are treated with the goods that are made. But they are, have you looked? No. Krista, things are the cheapest you have ever seen anywhere in your life. Isn't there a lot of stuff about their child labor and stuff? Well, that's what I'm talking about with the labor issues. I mean, but the prices, so I don't order (laughs) from them anymore. I did the three orders and stopped, but these prices are so low that it gives credence to the possibility yeah. that maybe there is And I is mean, probably a lot of the stuff labor I'm, exploitation. I mean, also like, you know, from ordering from Amazon, where stuff comes from, I don't know. So it's really hard to know. Comes from China. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all right, let's keep, go on. Clark, yeah. you smell like one month old forgotten leftovers, forgotten the back of the fridge. You called people who use auto pay because they may be forgetful. Something along the lines of freakazoids. <laughs> I think it was flakazoids. Flakazoids. No, I, I, I called myself a flakazoid. I know it was not an intentional insult, and you were saying it was okay to do if you must, but people with ADHD often have major problem with paying bills on time, causing a very hefty lifetime ADHD tax. They also tend to be highly critical of themselves and sensitive to others' insults from being a lifetime of criticism that far outpaces the average person. 
Please be aware that using such language, while it may seem like fun or nothing to many, can be very hurtful in the neurodiverse community. We are not freakazoids. It's just a common thing that we have to be aware of so we aren't taxed at every turn. Autopay saved my sanity and wallet decades ago when it first started, and I now only have to worry about putting on my calendar once a month to check my autopay payments along with my credit card statements. Only the odd doctor or dentist bill in the mail throws me off. The money I've saved so far far outweighs any issue I've ever had with autopay. Christina. Christina, I call myself a flake, like a zoid, whatever. And I did not mean any offense by that. And I apologize to anyone who did take offense to that. In your case, and in many other people's cases, autopay works beautifully. Krista yeah. loves I need autopay. It. I'm with you, Christina. I mean, you you use autopay for everything you possibly can. I do. And autopay can come back to bite you in certain categories, particularly with any kind of subscription where you terminate it and you still get billed. Auto loans, you've traded in the vehicle, you paid it off, they're still drafting your account. We hear it occasionally with mortgages where someone has sold a home and the mortgage company is still drafting their account. So the problems with auto pay all involve what happens when you don't want to pay that anymore and the money is still disappearing. But I certainly wasn't trying to make light or be insulting to people with ADHD or any other thing like that. One more real quick. Clark stinks like your team losing a playoff game on a double doink field goal attempt. There have been a lot of those this past season. Recently, you took a question from a listener about their desire to keep their cell phone that had lost tech support from manufacturer. The, the suggestions provided, including several options on how to obtain a cheap phone and advice to avoid using the phone for sensitive activities like banking. What you failed to suggest is to install an antivirus app as a potential solution. This could be good advice, not just for this scenario, but for anyone wanting a little peace of mind or to guard against prying eyes on their phone. I use malware bytes on my Android phone, which costs me $1 a month. I'm not an IT guru by any means, but it seems like a small price that I'm willing to pay to have a little assurance against criminal hackers. In fact, in the process of writing this Clark Stinks, I was able to find several cheaper options, which were reviewed by reputable sources by doing a quick Google search. So I guess it's time for me to make a change and save a little bit more. Thanks for all you do. And I hope you don't regret the Falcons passing on hiring the greatest football coach of all time, Lee in Milwaukee. Lee. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. And I appreciate the suggestion so that you don't prematurely ditch an older phone. But um, Belichick, look how many teams passed on him. Wouldn't even give him an interview. I think about Kansas City. And the joy of the players on that team with a coach who also wins. But the Patriots players, there was never really any joy in Mudville. Oh, boy, this is going to bring out some Clark's things. I mean, I I guess just, I mean, I got to respond to that. I know. So, you know, and Belichick and Arthur Blank would have never gotten along because they're both used to having, being all powerful. That would have been a marriage made... um, well, an H-E double toothpick. That would, not have, that would not have worked for the two of them to be together. So, uh, no, the Falcons did the right thing by passing on the grumpy fishing boat captain. 
And wow. most fishing boat captains are not grumpy, right? Oh my gosh. They're joyous. They're out on the sea. We're going to have Clark Stinks forever. That's okay. Think how many rings he's got. He's got six. Really, thanks to Tom Brady. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Coming up next, we were just talking about cell phones. We're going to talk about how cell phones are impacting people in negative ways and what's being done about it that's so interesting that we're going to talk about straight ahead. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I can't imagine what it would be like to be a high school teacher or college professor now because the attention span that we have is shorter. We got digital everything. And then whoever's up in front talking, teacher, instructor, professor, they're competing against the smartphone. And now more and more school districts are requiring that the phones be turned in before the students go into class. And guess what? They're having better academic achievement according to the testing done so far. And now at concerts, more and more concert venues or artists or promoters are requiring that you turn your phone in before you enter into the arena. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about yonder which is the thing where you store your phone in a pouch at a lot of venues, their business is way up. I mean, way up. And the advantage of this is great. You know, there was a a movie called Auto. Any movie I've ever seen that's been made in recent years, I've seen it on an airplane. I don't know how new that movie is. It was a Tom Hanks movie. Have you ever heard of it, Krista? I've seen it, A Man Called Auto. I read the book, too. It's a great book. Oh, So there's this thing where this person passes out and falls on the tracks. And in there, everybody on the platform, instead of trying to help the guy off the tracks, is there with their phones posting live to social media, the guy about to get obliterated by the train coming or woman. I don't remember guy or woman. Mm -hmm. And it was such a commentary on how we're not living in the moment. And everything's about documenting everything i have seen with a particular student i might know that i might get a message from that student while that student is supposed to be in a class at his at or his her school, school. <laughs> don't know who this kid is 
Yeah, I think I've, I've received messages from a similar student when he or she should be in his so or her senior know year that class. That particular <laughs> student is not paying attention to what's going on. See, this particular student is a private school brat. Mm-hmm. And so that class he's sitting in, this kid is really expensive. <laughs> And he's not paying any attention, obviously, if he's able to receive or send a text. I get videos from my kid. Like, I'm like, what Wait, are you, you just, doing? See, I never, I I never said that this was I mean, come on. anybody I was really. Come on. To. <laughs> yes, it's my son. So, <laughs> so I, you know, this thing of having time where you're not on your phone. Do you know what I do? I leave my phone down when I'm at home mm-hmm. and have downtime away from the phone. Do you take your watch I off too? No, no. Oh. So so if I get a phone call that I need to take, I know from my watch and I'll answer it on my watch. And then if I'm having trouble hearing, they're having trouble hearing me, then I go get my phone for the call and then I lay the phone back down. But it's a hard thing because the phone is kind of like a tractor beam that comes in to all of us. So true. And so I have a thing that tells me every week how much I've used my phone. And I do that because I want to discipline myself so I'm not on it so much. Because it's, it's where too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. Because these phones are, what they do is phenomenal. Just incredible. And I don't think we've talked about this in like, I don't know, 10, 15 years. You and I both suffered back in the OOs through Microsoft's first attempt trying to make smartphones. Mm -hmm. And we both had what they called Windows 5 phones. Sounds about right. And I couldn't do anything on that stupid thing. It was so hard to use. Only a experienced high-level computer programmer could have been able to use that thing. And then you got the late Steve Jobs sitting there probably looking at this thing. He's like, gosh, this is brilliant. Wouldn't it be great if it worked for everyday people? And so he invented the first iPhone, which was really what he always was so great at, taking stuff that techies made that nobody could figure out how to use and making them work for everyday people. And making them beautiful and simple. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was able to do that. And poor Microsoft that came up with the whole thing <laughs> could never make it user-friendly. And so from that point forward, you think about all the things. Think about the businesses that would not exist if it weren't for the smartphone. So it's really great. But what's the most valuable company in the world right now? I don't know. Microsoft. It is? Oh, I didn't realize Depending that. on the day. Hmm. Microsoft. Uh, so Microsoft still, in spite of the fact that they seem to have a very hard time making things easy to use for everyday people, they do a lot of things that are business to business that are really great. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think it's a good reminder. Some people make um, their families put their phones like in a dish or in a box 
like yeah. for dinner, all sorts of things you can come up with. So Candace in Florida says, I'm perplexed about this topic and tried to do the math myself. I feel like my money is just going down the toilet. How do I know I'm purchasing a good deal on toilet paper? I go through rolls and rolls in a week. And when I purchase from the warehouse clubs, I purchase jumbo packs. Are there better deals? And can you help me get to the bottom of this? Ooh. A very punny question. So the cheapest way is to get a Japanese style toilet attachment to, and then you don't use toilet paper. And more and more Americans are doing that. But when you look at one of the, I said, but that was terrible. <laughs> when you look at one of the warehouse club packs of toilet paper, don't look at the sheets. Don't look at the numbers of rolls. Look at the total square footage. Divide, if you really want to know if you're getting value, divide the price by the total square footage. You can do the same in any store you're looking at toilet paper, and then you'll know whether or not you're getting a deal. Now, then we get down to the very nitty gritty of this. Mm -hmm. Some toilet papers you don't need to use a lot of. Some brands you need to use a lot more. Some are more comfortable than others. And some are like... Uh, Sandpaper. Like, yeah. Remember the school, the school individual brown sheets that you'd pull out? Did you have that? Oh, they're still terrible. Oh, no, but... the I remember those machines. Those things now were they literally use those, cardboard. Those like, huge institutional yes, rolls. Yeah, and they're that, skid, they have the thinnest, like you try to pull out and you get one sheet. It's awful. <laughs> the airports have those too. I'm like... <laughs> People that are older and remember using the Sears catalog. Oh, wow. You know about that? I'm, I've so heard of it. Yeah. Young to know that. But anyway, people who did that could tell you the Sears catalog was more comfortable to use than these institutional roles we have at places. But we digress because your question is, are you getting value? And you only know from those factors. You do the math versus buying somewhere else. and you think through, if you try different brands, the warehouse club or wherever, how many sheets do you have to use to effectively get the job done? And that will be your most efficient use of toilet paper. John in Wisconsin says, I'm 72 years old and I would like to set up a 529 plan for myself. I have already fully funded a 529 plan for all my four grandkids. My 529 plan would be for in 10 years from now when I'm going to go back to school. Where I live in Arizona, 55 and above, active retired community, there are other retired seniors that are going to go back for a second career, but they have to get training. Yes, I would like to become a professional cook. So that means I'm going to have to go to a cooking school in Tuscany, Italy. Have to go to have Tuscany. Have to go. Yeah. So my question is, can I open a 529 plan for my education? I hope to use it. But if I don't, will it roll over to a Roth IRA? Okay. <laughs> Wonderful series of questions, John. And by the way, he did add in that he can't listen every day because right now he's on this like super long cruise around New Zealand. <sighs> wow. Okay. So, John. You're going to love the cooking school in Tuscany. 529 is not going to help you with that because there are certain requirements on what makes something an accredited school. And you're not going to be able to use the 529 for it as I understand the 529 rules. So that's not going to work. Using it for conversion to a Roth IRA, you have to have the money in the 529 15 years 
So it'd be sometime after age 87 that you'd be able to migrate the money into a Roth IRA. If you want Roth money and you're working some now, then whatever earnings you have put into a Roth, short circuit this, don't do the 529 because it really is too complicated a solution in your situation. And I love the spirit of the 55 plus community. There are lots of people going back for second careers. It's so great. Michelle in Ohio says, like Clark, I've always been anti-car leasing, but my mom has a unique situation. She's 92 in great shape and still very active and driving. For mobility reasons, she needs to trade her old paid off car for one easier to get in and out of. And she has the funds to pay cash for the purchase of her desired late model used car. At her age, would this be her best option or would a lease of a new car, which she would love, be a reasonable financial decision? So if she's got cash and it's just a matter of opening up the wallet a little more, have her buy the new vehicle instead of buying the nearly new one. Even though it's again becoming something really to look at because historically I've always said it's better buying a couple of year old two, three-year-old used car. That didn't work for a number of years. Now it's back on its way to working again. But the lease is a bad idea because the lease is an obligation going forward. You know, she's really still good driving at 92. We don't know when that's not good anymore. So owning a vehicle makes more sense. She's been a good saver, obviously, has cash, as long as it wouldn't hurt her overall financial security, just buy the new vehicle and be done with it. I think that's fantastic. The only way I will be driving at 92, because I know my motor skills will not be like hers, like your mom's, is I'll need to be in a self-driving automobile. (laughs) And there's nothing like a self-driving automobile, let me tell you. So I hope you have a great, great rest of your day. Appreciate so much you joining us today. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful weekend. And remember what we're about, that you learn ways to save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off.